0: Bibles if you will then open them to Leviticus chapter 16 <clears throat> What prevents people from being rightly related to God well, We all know the answer is sin Have you done anything recently because of sin At the very least we've complained We've worried. We've grumbled. We've kept back what we should have given. We've turned away when we should have helped. We've covered up. Because of sin, we've lashed out at the ones we love. We've felt shame. We have felt guilt. We've felt bitterness. Because of sin, We experience sleepless nights, cloudy days. Because of sin, women and children are abused. The elderly are forgotten. Because of sin, God is cursed and sex is worshipped. Our addiction can be traced back to sin. Racism, prejudice, and hate. Are the results of sin and the bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god and the wages of sin is death which means eternal separation from god but the free gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus our lord here in leviticus chapter 16 god provided his people with a great day of atonement known as Yom Kippur. One day a year, all of the sins and defilements of God's people were taken care of and they could start anew. It was the holiest day of the year for the Israelites and it remains so in Judaism to this day. The essence of the day was that the blood of a sacrificial animal was sprinkled on the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies by the high priest to make atonement for himself and for the people. For the high priest and his family and God's people. Um, The sins of the people were placed on a scapegoat that was taken into the wilderness to die, signifying the complete removal of sin from God's people. And the day of atonement was God's preparation for the saving work of the coming Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. The central idea of this passage of Leviticus chapter 16, which is the central message of the whole book of Leviticus, is God's gracious provision to provide complete atonement for his people, God made a way to cleanse, to sanctify his people from every sin and defilement so that they might retain their relationship with God. And this morning, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, I want you to think about, it. I want you to take away from the message this morning in preparation for the observance of the supper. That the Lord's Supper reminds us that every believer has access into the heavenly sanctuary because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. Leviticus 16 is about access into God's presence. And looking at the Day of Atonement or Yom Kippur, we see two important aspects of access to God. First, we note the prescribed preparation for access into God's presence. The point of the first five verses is that God prohibits alternate ways of access into his presence. Friend, you can't go into God's presence just any way you want. You can't claim to have fellowship with God. You can't claim to uh, be in the presence of God apart from the prescribed way in which God has laid down in Scripture. For us, we know, the Bible says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Well, the high priest was no different. The high priest did not have unlimited freedom to just walk into the Holy of Holies at any time for any reason, in any condition. God laid down certain regulations. And I want you to notice in the first place the limited access of the high priest. Now if you read in verses 1 and 2, we read where the Lord had said to Moses after the death of Aaron's two sons... Um, that these two sons of uh, Aaron, uh, Nadab and Abihu, who had offered uh, wrongful incense to the Lord, God had taken their life. And God is trying to get Moses to instruct Aaron that there is uh, uh, specifications. There are things that he has laid down that must be abided by before the high priest, in this case Aaron, could come into God's presence. Otherwise, who, anyone who went into God's presence wrongfully would die. So inside the Holy of Holies was the Ark of the Covenant. And on it was a covering called the Mercy Seat. And that's where the blood sacrifice was made effectual. That's where God was present with his people. And from where God revealed himself to his people. Now we're told that God appeared in a cloud over the place of atonement. Now that fits with other descriptions of the Ark as God's footstool and so God's in this cloud over the mercy seat and the mercy seat was as it were God's footstool and God sat enthroned above the cherubim and as such the priests were not free to enter as they will their access was limited and controlled by God that's the first thing we see their access was limited secondly The lowly access of the high priest is spelled out for us in verses three through five. Let's continue reading. It says, But in this way Aaron shall come into the holy place with a bull from the herd for a sin offering. And a ram for a burnt offering. He shall put on the holy linen coat and shall have the linen and undergarments on his body. And he shall tie the linen sash around his waist and wear the linen turban. These are the holy garments. He shall bathe his body in water and then put them on. And he shall take from the congregation of the people of Israel two male goats for a sin offering. And one ram for a burnt offering. Now, here are the regulations for entering the Holy of Holies. The high priest could enter only with a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering to make atonement. He had to remove the elaborate costume that he normally wore as high priest, and he had to bathe himself and then put on sacred garments made up of a tunic, Um, linen tunic uh, linen undergarments a sash and a turban now there's much speculation about what that all meant why did he have to take off his normal priestly Uh, robe his costume and put on these limited undergarments this this linen uh, these linen garments these holy garments why was that necessary well first of all linen represents purity, and righteousness. So when the high priest took off his uh, outer, his costume, his normal priestly garments, and he put on these holy garments, he was coming in after bathing himself, cleansing himself, and putting on these garments. It was symbolic of his cleanliness before the Lord. There's something else here. Not only that, but it was also uh, symbolic to remind the high priest of his humility and his lowliness as he came in to the presence of God. You see, when the high priest spoke to the people for God, he wore his normal costume, the splendid robes of his office. But when he spoke to God... For the people, he came with no authority. He came with no positional uh, uh, privileges. The lavish clothes of his normal costume made him look like a ruler, someone with authority as he spoke to the people for God. But now, in the presence of God, as He comes into the Holy of Holies to speak to God for the people, He is stripped of all honor and He is no different than the people He represented. People and priest alike needed atonement. And that's why you see this change of clothes here before the priest goes in to the holy of holies so there we see the preparation for access but now i want to 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 look at this whole purification process that one the high priest had to go through on behalf of the people before they had access to god aaron would offer the bull for his own purification then he presented two goats to the Lord, choosing by lot which goat was used for making atonement as the scapegoat and which was sacrificed as a purification offering. Now I want you to notice first the purification of the high priest the whole, and the holy place. A bull was offered up for the purification of the high priest. It says in verse 6 Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering for himself and shall make atonement for himself and for his house. He then took a censer of coals from the altar with two handfuls of fine incense and he went behind the curtain into the Holy of Holies. The smoke from the incense made a screen between the ark. And the cloud where the Lord was. If the high priest were to look on that cloud. And catch a glimpse of the glory of God. He would die immediately. And it's probable the ark was covered by the cloud. For the incense could not cover it. The blood had to be sprinkled on the mercy seat. And then seven times in front of it. So there, the purification for the high priest and the holy place. Aaron next purified the high priest. Next, Aaron next purified the holy place. Look in verses fifteen through nineteen. Aaron killed the goat of the sin offering, and he performed the same ritual for the holy place he had done for himself. He then went out to the altar outside and made atonement for it by taking some of the blood from both the bull and the goat and putting it on the horns of the altar. You see, the constant presence of the people throughout the year as they came and went making sacrifices at the altar brought much uncleanness into the sanctuary. So on this day, Yom Kippur, it was God's way of cleansing it so the people could continue to come into his presence. By cleansing the sanctuary, God was making provision for people to have continued access to God. Next, we find the purification of the people. Aaron took the two goats and he set them before the Lord. And then he cast lots. One goat was to be sacrificed for the Lord. The other was for, as you see there, Azazel. That simply means scapegoat or one who is sent away. The one who takes the blame for others. The goat for the Lord was to be sacrificed as a sin offering for the people's sins. The other goat would be led into the desert carrying away the people's sins. In purifying the holy place... Aaron had slaughtered the goat for the Lord and sprinkled its blood on the mercy seat. That sacrifice was the means of purifying the people who, through their own uncleanness, had made the sanctuary unclean. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 tells us, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So the ritual of the scapegoat is now explained for us in verses 20 through 22. The scapegoat was the one upon whom the Israelites laid their sins and was led in the wilderness to die. So you had one goat who was uh, slaughtered, who was sacrificed. His blood was put on the altar as the payment for the people's sins to purify the people. Now Aaron takes the second goat. He lays both of his hands upon the goat, signifying that he is acknowledging all of the people's sins. And I mean all of their sins. He would go through this whole litany of sins that the people had committed and by laying his hands on that goat he was sy- symbolically laying the sins of God's people on that goat. That goat was then led by a man who was chosen to take that goat into the wilderness to a remote area so far away from the camp of Israel that it could never find its way back into the camp. Friend, that's a reminder to us of the complete removal, the riddance, as it were, of the sins of God's people. But I want to remind you, this ceremony had had to be repeated every year for the people of God. But today, we celebrate the Lord's Supper, which reminds us that Yom Kippur, is no longer necessary for the people of God. The day of atonement is not required for the people of God. Why? Because Jesus himself was both the slaughtered goat and the scapegoat. Jesus shed his blood that our sins might be forgiven, that we might be made pure. And then Jesus went away into heaven and there took our sins so that at the judgment we will never ever have to worry about our sins because Jesus took them from us and took them far away friend I want you to understand something this morning that is why we're here today that is why the people of God can rejoice and celebrate this supper that we're about to partake of. Amen. If you've, never, if you've never accepted the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ on your behalf, friend, I want you to understand this morning, I know it's crowded. I know we knew that we would be rushed for time, but this is so important. If you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, wouldn't you like to walk out of here today knowing that your sins have been paid for, all of them, and that you will never have to deal with the penalty of your sins, that God not only removes them, God not only forgives them, he removes them from him as far as the east is from the west, never to look on them again. If you've never done that, I want to invite you to just think about If the Holy Spirit is speaking in your heart today, to do that. Maybe that's why God brought you here today for that reason. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your love, for your mercy, for your grace. God, I pray that in this time, that if there's just one person here who's never trusted in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross, that you would make that so real to them today. That they would not want to leave here without acknowledging Jesus as their Savior, Lord. We love you, Lord. We praise you and we thank you. And we ask it all in your name. Amen. Let's stand together.